1: Yeah, yeah, you're just watching games on TV. Just
0: watching on TV. That's all I'm doing. But yeah,
1: yeah, you know, you got a good one. St. Paul's in Pleasant Grove. A lot of prospects all over the field. Um, I'm usually there. We were talking about this before we went on air, Um, and I did call the 3A game today between uh, Montgomery Catholic and Fife, and it was a great game. Montgomery Catholic got out to a 16 nothing lead they have a freshman quarterback who I've talked about before, Caleb McCreary. I called him in the kickoff classic and um, man, he's good. He's going to be really good. Now, do I think he's going to be a major prospect? He's going to have to grow a lot, but you know, he's a lefty. He's um, he's got a lot of positives and ironically, the first pass of his first pass of the game was an interception in, in his own end zone, but it was called back due to pass interference, which was kind of a tough call, but Um, from that point forward, he just kicked butt. And so they were up 16-0, Montgomery Catholic was, on Fife, a team that averages 44 points a game, two-time defending state champ. And Fife uh, just claws their way back into it somehow. Fife runs this, you know, what most people consider a pretty antiquated offense, and they just don't pass the ball very much. Towards the end of the game, they had to to make a comeback. And they threw it to uh, a guy named Brody Dalton, who has committed to UAB at tight end. And he just boxed his man out twice uh, to, to go up and grab the ball. And um, they have a kid named Ike Rowell. I don't know where he's going to school. I doubt he's going to play football. But he's one of those 3A cats that just, I mean, he's a 3A legend. And um, <laughs> he was amazing. He's the one that picked off Caleb McCreary. He blocked it. There was some controversy here. Um, At the end of the first half, uh, Montgomery uh, Catholic was in field goal range. I mean, like deep in the territory of Fife. For four seconds left, right before the half, they line up to kick the field goal. Well, they kick the field goal. It's blocked by Ike Rowell. Nobody even thinks about picking it up until Rowell's like, oh, my God, this ball is live. So he goes and picks it up and scores a touchdown. And the place is going nuts now because it's 16 to 12 well the, there's a challenge. The challenge came from uh Montgomery Catholic and my my color guy and I were talking. We were like, "What in the world are they challenging This doesn't make any sense there's I mean I guess you can just say well, I, I have a challenge I'll use it what are you challenging everything I don't like that they scored you know um <laughs> and it turns out he was challenging if they got the playoff in time, and it turns out he was Right, there were there should have been a delay of game penalty because the play clock had long since expired, but nobody noticed it. And my guess is, obviously, if they made the field goal, then he just would have been like, "Do do do, we got away with one." But, but yeah. it's the first time I've ever seen a coach challenge a play because they did something wrong and it benefited them. <laughs> um, so how did that not? End, how did that um, not
0: happen in an Auburn Alabama game at Auburn?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a dang good point. But what's even funnier? So then they moved. They moved five yards back. So it was gonna instead of like a twenty-yard field goal, it's a twenty-five-yard field goal, and apparently that was out of the kicker's range. So they went for it and didn't score. I mean, they went for like a fade pattern touchdown. And it didn't work. But uh, in the end, Fife clawed their way back. They take a twenty-one to uh, uh, let me see twenty-one to sixteen lead, right? And um. Uh, Montgomery Clathic gets the ball back. They drive down the field. They get to about the, I don't know, about the thirty-five, and they have one play left. Essentially, they they probably could have snuck in one more play and gotten a little closer, but it didn't matter. They throw it into the end zone. It hits the player, the receiver in the chest. Um, I mean, oh. even though there are a lot of people back, somehow he got oh. behind everybody. Hits him in the chest, and another player hits him and it sort of dislodges it and five goes on to win.
0: I mean unbelievable. That's, that's, not- that's a couple of unbelievable finales. I mean, what's cool is, I mean, these these games are for the state championship. And it would be incredible to be describing that about, you know, a game in week two back in September.
1: Oh yeah. You know the Thompson Auburn game, which ended in unbelievable fashion. I've, I talked about it in the last podcast, but uh, I didn't call that game, but I listened to it, and Thompson was down nine points. I mean, everybody's seen it by now. Thompson was down nine points with about a minute to go. Auburn was just taking a knee because they felt like it was over. Uh, the <laughs> Thompson blocks a punt. I mean, really, Auburn shouldn't have punted. They should have just taken a snap and then heaved a Hail Mary or do anything else. Um, but they tried to punt it. And the punter, who's very good, I think he's committed to all to army or something like that. He just sort of was lackadaisical about punting the ball. And everybody was sort of lax about blocking and a Thompson player rushes in there, blocks it, picks it up and scores. And you can even see the punter looking at him, like not trying to tackle him doing nothing, looking at him like, Hey dude, the game's over. What are you doing? We, we've already won this. Um, and then Thompson gets the tied kick, and then they end up kicking a field goal. And ironically, the guy that kicks the field goal missed the extra point, the first extra point of the of the day. So I mean, it was just a bizarre ending. So two days in a row, um, two games in a row, actually, the AHSA had unbelievable finishes, lots of fun to watch. Uh, then comes Linden and Pickens County, and that game was a rout. So uh, and right now you got a good one going between St. Paul's and. Uh, Pleasant Grove, but and Pleasant Grove has Christian Lewis, who I love as a wide receiver, going to yeah, Kentucky. Saint Paul has some has some talent. One of them committed to LSU
0: and Lucas Taylor, and then uh who is it? Jay Sultan, the running back. I like him too. Yeah, he's kind of a. I mean, I'll just be, be honest because I doubt him and his people listen to the podcast. But uh I, early in the season, I was really impressed with him. He he he's one. Of, he looks like a player. He looks like a player, and every now and then he flashes like a player. But uh you know if you're his size playing for a program like St. Paul's playing behind what is one of the best offensive lines in the state of Alabama with three FBS prospects in front of you uh on that offensive line, where's your 1800-yard rushing season? Yeah. In fact, he's not even their best threat. They they use a smaller senior who is committed to Army, who's a, who's a good player, but who who's small And, uh, and and that's their most effective running back Javante Graves Billups, uh, who's headed to West point. And, and again, good player. Sure. But, uh, Jay Sultan's been like, wow, been waiting, been waiting for more, but you know, if, if he develops into a big time guy next year, nobody should be surprised, but, uh, maybe we expected a little more too early from him. Uh, and he's still developing, but, but today, uh, I'm, I'm not, I, I wouldn't call Jay Sultan an SEC prospect. Today I wouldn't, but that could all change literally in the offseason.
1: I know you said um, he probably doesn't listen. Wouldn't it be ironic like for us that one of our few listeners is Jay Sultan and he's so excited <laughs> to listen to this podcast. <laughs>
0: and then this happens.
1: And then he's like, Damn. Jimmy
0: doesn't think I'm as good as I think I am. <laughs> well, I just said that. I, I I just literally said that while I'm watching 170 pounds of Javante Graves-Billups drag seven Pleasant Grove players five yards down the field, and I'm like, uh, yeah, well, he needs to do more of that, and yeah, that's why Javante plays, and you play less, and uh, but but nevertheless, uh, St. Paul's full of good players and uh, Sultan you know he he's got another year. uh he's in a good program he may turn into a thing but uh but in the end uh who who's that that said you know you are what your record says you are and and, and that's uh, uh Dennis Green you know yeah and 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 Sultan uh i mean where is your thousand yard season i mean yeah, it, it's certainly in front of you and and uh, and in the end uh don't don't tell me you're great uh when 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 you can't beat out the guy in front of you so uh, Jimmy,
1: I'll tell you something that's in front of me, and that's an ice-cold Coors Light, always in front of me.
0: They should be in yeah, front there of there a Sultan. Me. Sultan just lost two yards. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for
1: <laughs> – Sorry. Jason Sorry we're, just, we're just
0: talking about – Sultan needs a Coors Light. I don't care that he's 17 or 17 years old. He needs to chill, get a Coors Light. Now go right ahead.
1: We appreciate that sponsorship Coors Light used to have with us. Um, but, but yeah, Coors Light, ice cold Coors Light. Uh, that's what everybody needs. It's the beer made to chill. I can tell you right now, they're, because of these games and because of all the traveling I've been doing, a Coors Light, they taste extra good right about now. And I can't wait to have a Coors Light this weekend when the tide don't lose in Baton Rouge. And uh, you should go get a Coors Light yourself. Coors Light, com. Go check them out. You can find out all about this delicious nectar of the gods, as I've called it. And um, it's it's delicious. Is is I think it's nutritious. I'm not 100 percent sure. Go to the website and figure out so. that yourself. But I'm I, for me, it makes me feel better. So I feel like I'm Coors still Light, alive. It, it's it's emotionally nutritious. How about that? Coors oh, Light. Nice. Go check them out. <laughs> Go check them out. Uh, of course, I've been to the facility where all this is brewed in Golden, Colorado. You want to talk about fun. It's a fun, fun thing to do. If you're ever just hanging out in Colorado, I was in Denver, and uh, this, the wife-to-be and I uh, at the time, it, we went and, and had a great time. It was awesome. Course like Brewed in Golden, Colorado, just celebrate responsibly. Even if your team wins a state championship, celebrate responsibly. Okay, Jimmy, uh, let's get into some predictions here. Um you know, I mean, I guess we could do a lot of these SEC ones, but I, I'm not, none of them are that big of a deal except for uh, Florida, Tennessee, Auburn, A&M, and Bama, LSU. The other ones let's just aren't them. very good. So let's talk about just those three, the first two quickly. With um, Florida, Tennessee, is there any reason to have hope? And by the way, did you hear the caller into the Jeremy Pruitt yeah. show? Yeah. Oh, my God. I felt bad for Jeremy Pruitt. They, man, nobody – As much as I disliked Mike Shula, I wouldn't call into the Mike Shula show and be like, "Hey, why don't you go cook steaks at your daddy's steakhouse or something?" I mean, nobody's doing that,
0: right? You know, maybe maybe the world has been like this my whole life, and I just notice it more now. I I, I don't know, but but it just seems like the the world is full of more cruel people who are buttholes. I mean, that's a butthole thing to do. There there has never been. It's football. It's football. And, 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 and if he thinks Jeremy Pruitt isn't working as hard as he can 24 hours a day, then he doesn't know as much about Tennessee football as I do. That's because right. I, I, I know Jeremy. I mean, Jeremy is working 24 hours a day for the University of Tennessee, and maybe it won't work out. Maybe he won't win enough games. Maybe you have to fire him and make, it, make, make a change. And, and, and that may happen. But to personally insult him to his face, that's a butthole thing to do. And I would say the same thing about any Alabama fan that did it, did it to one of our coaches. And it, it just makes me so mad about how rude and crude people can be. And then I read the comments on Twitter where at least half of them are like, yeah, that's right. no. No, no, you're, you know, that, that's why you're losing. And yeah, go ahead, fire Jeremy and get your next guy and then fire him too. And, and then, then we'll see where you are 10 years from now. And, and I'm not saying it's a mistake to fire Jeremy or it was a mistake to hire him. I'm just saying, gosh, there is no patience. All I know is about five games ago when he was 2-0 and and led Georgia at halftime, they weren't firing him then. So what did he do, get stupid just in five and a half weeks?
1: No, I mean, it's true. You know, you're, you're absolutely crazy. Right. And here's the other thing. It's not like Jeremy Pruitt walked into a situation like Les Miles did, where, where Nick Saban had laid all this groundwork and foundation that Les Miles, his grass-eaten self, couldn't even screw up a national championship, even though he tried to. Um, <laughs> he, he He couldn't do it. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt walked into a situation where the facilities are mediocre, the talent – and the talent base is not great. Um, the, your main rival is at, 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 a t- at a place no other college has ever been to. Um, and then your eastern rival is recruiting at levels that, that you could only dream of. And your other eastern rival is having a renaissance. But, and at the beginning of your terribleness, your other eastern rival was also winning championships. So, I mean, Tennessee's just in a bad spot, and it's like Jeremy Pruitt walked into the kitchen, and everybody at Tennessee said, "Okay, here's the deal. We need you to make us the world's best tasting creme brulee. Okay, um, where's you guys got eggs? No, we don't have eggs. We do have this pile of raccoon shit. We would like for you to start with that. Did you bring your own sugar?" You know, I mean, give the man a break. <laughs>
0: that's I exactly. Know. That's exactly. I no that. It's, it's you, crazy right? that and people. Yeah. And by the way, this guy that asked Jeremy that, what is he doing in his career? What is is he a doctor that's that's uh, solving COVID? Is he in a you know? Does he have his microscope in his little room and he's like uh, saving the world? here. He's you know, this guy's probably a plumber that 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 overcharges and 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 <laughs> then he leaves and you still. Flush your toilet and nothing comes out but the raccoon shit that you're talking about. Do you
1: think that guy put was on the was on the call with that show and he said y'all hold on a minute and he
0: goes ma meatloaf, <laughs> where's that meatloaf ma? I'm just saying how's that guy doing in his job? You know before you're gonna comment on Jeremy's and and again I I'm I know coaches are hired to be fired and and we're not just gonna defend Jeremy because he's one of our Our guys, look, if Tennessee wants to make a change, that's fine. And Jeremy will be fine. But to imply that he he's not trying at his job because he cares more about Alabama than Tennessee. Yeah, that's I mean
1: that's
0: it's so dumb. I can't even believe we're talking about it. But this is what happens when you know this is it's social media and talk radio. You you give everybody a microphone. Uh, and I say that as mean you are doing our podcast and so no, that's just talking on the phone like we normally do. We are but, the line. We are where people should stop with microphones. Like you go,
1: well, if I can't give everybody right. a microphone, where do you draw the line? You should draw the line at <laughs> Luke and Jimmy. <laughs> Anybody below them doesn't get a microphone. <laughs> that
0: is profound. That's profound. That's profound. I, and I think
1: it's also very, it's the most correct thing I've ever said. <laughs>
0: that's right. Uh, If you're above this line, get a real job doing this sort of stuff. If you're below this line, stick to your job cleaning up the crap in the parrot cages at the zoo.
1: Go back to school. You know, (laughs) (laughs) repent. Get a real job. Uh, Okay. So uh, having said all that, does uh, Tennessee have any chance against Florida?
0: Uh, Believe it or not, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and I say that just because, you know, one of my favorite – uh, phrases picking games is market correction. And this is what I mean by that. This is what I mean. All right, ready for this? And I'm not I'm not picking Tennessee to win by the way. I'm Florida's gonna win the game. But two two points here. Tennessee is better than their record. They should have been better than this all year long. For a while they were better than this. They've recruited better. They have more good players this year than they had last year or the year before. And their record should be better. They're due for something good to happen, okay? Florida, who's outstanding and deserving of their ranking of number six in the playoff rankings, their offense is unbelievable. But the defense is just bad. They're 47th, I think, in defensive efficiency, which is really bad. And it's sort of amazing that you can have the 47th best defense in the country and still be ranked number six in the playoff rankings. So maybe Florida is due for, you know, our defense is very good, and it eventually bit us in the ass. I mean, that's kind of what they're due for. And with Tennessee waiting, and and it's at Tennessee, I think that's right, it's at Knoxville, uh, that's why I'm like, I'm going to keep an eye on that game. Now, if we're betting real American dollars uh, straight up, taking Florida. If we're if we're yeah. I don't wanna bet with whatever the heck the line is. I assume it's about fifteen or sixteen. I uh, think it's seventeen. I, okay. Uh I, I I'd probably take Tennessee. Is if, if games in Knoxville, I believe. That's right. Right? No, and yeah, at yeah. Knoxville. <laughs>
1: Here's yeah. here's what We're I'm to we'll You do not need to bet on this game. You don't know the <laughs> screen and you, you don't well, know don't where it on, is.
0: I don't bet on any games. I'm an idiot. I mean, I I tell anybody that's like, man, Jimmy, all he does is football around the clock. He he he's got to know a lot about betting. I'll say, I know enough about football to tell you this. Don't bet on it. Yes, yeah, I good mean, point. I don't know what the hell's going to happen, but uh, no, I, I Florida's probably going to win the game uh florida's a better team they got more good players their offense is a freaking juggernaut we're gonna have to be dealing with it ourselves in a couple weeks but uh but i will say you know i i I like the term market correction in terms of finding some upsets and uh tennessee's better than their record and maybe florida's not as good as their record because their defense is just pretty average all right quickly because we
1: got to get into the prediction for alabama just who
0: do you think wins auburn to a and m Another game where uh, this isn't market correction or anything. This is just te- Texas A&M's a better team than Auburn. They should win. I think A&M is better at almost every spot on the field than Auburn. Uh, I think A&M's deserving of their number five spot. I'll just say this: the game is at Auburn. I've had a lifetime of dealing with Auburn football, and I know you have too. Especially, this game has Auburn voodoo written all over it because yeah, it does. I don't see how Auburn can win. A&M is a better team, uh, and, and, and A&M is cruising towards this uh, grand season and maybe a playoff spot, and Auburn's season appears over. This is the kind of game Auburn has won forever. So I don't count Auburn out at all. Who's the better team? Who should win? Texas A&M. Can Auburn win? I've been watching Auburn win this game for 30 years.
1: That's a good point, but it is at eleven o'clock, and I think the last eleven o'clock Auburn voodoo game was a Jefferson Pilot kickoff when they had what six interceptions against LSU back in '94, I think it was. So that's the last. I think their voodoo sleeps in.
0: You know, it usually doesn't come out till late at night. Um, You might not know this, you know, Jamie Howard's kid, Walker Howard, is one of the top twenty twenty-two quarterbacks in the country. He's coming to LSU as a QB country yep. guy. So we, we, uh, we work with him and, uh, great kid, great family. And, uh, uh, let, let, let's see how things work out for him. there. really good prospect, but it's funny you bring ex- that up.
1: My ex-wife is his cousin. Jamie cousin.
0: What a small world.
1: And in fact, here's, here's a cool story about Jamie. Um, a super guy, you know, I never got to see him much. Emily and I at the time went to Biloxi for to go to either that either just a random LSU game or an Alabama LSU game or I can't remember which, but we went to the Beau Rivage first and Jamie just happened to be there. Um, uh, we had no idea he was going to be there. We just ran into him, and Jamie has done pretty well for himself. I think he sells medical equipment or something like that. Yes. Um Anyway, he sells a ton of it. Um, because uh, I was having not a not so great day at the. Uh, at the tables. And Jamie just sort of flicked me a, he said, you know what? Y'all, y'all have fun tonight or something. And just sort of flipped me a $500 chip. And I was like, what yeah, a good I,
0: man. I, so what a good I,
1: man. I was like, go Tigers. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, uh, anyway, let me tell everybody something you don't need $500 for but we'd appreciate it if you'd spend $500 on it. That's built go. Built go these little energy packets. They're absolutely delicious. Carry them around in your briefcase, you know, just have them in your pocket. Take them when you go to the gym, Lifetime, Gold's Gym, whatever it is. I'm telling you, they're awesome. I love them. They taste delicious, so easy to have, and they don't give you that crash like 5-hour energy. They really don't. And I mean, I'm not saying this because I I've had a lot of five hour energies in my life. I'm I'm a guy who likes to go to bed early. So whenever I do a lot of these Super Seven games or or Final 48 games or Alabama has a kickoff at eight o'clock, I have to take a five-hour energy, or at least I used to. And I would always crash. I would always feel like I had a hangover at the end of it, too. Um, you know, and, and built go is what you need. Go to builtgo.com, use the promo code locked on. That's b u i l t g o dot com. Just give them a try. Use the promo code locked on. And if you get into like a chat room with one of them, just say, Hey, Luke and Jimmy sent me. And they said you're the best, and they'll be like, Ah, oh, Luke and Jimmy, they're great. And then we'll be like, Yeah, that's great. Okay. And everybody will just have a built go, and it's cool. So uh, do that, builtgo.com. dot com. All right, Jimmy, let's get into it. First of all, you know, I talked about five hour energy in that little live read I had. This is a horrible story that will probably be used in a trial against me as evidence that I'm a terrible father and human being at some point. But I, but I know proceed. I went to the the (laughs) Alabama Tennessee game in 2000, and let me think. I believe it was 2000. My son was four, so probably 2010. 2010 game um and i took my Up there. my son who was six at the time mm-hmm. and my son's kind of like me i mean you know, he's a he's sort of an early to bed early to rise kid and um i i think it was a night game if it wasn't 2010 night game it was it was either the eight or whatever it was we a had uh,
0: multiple running backs hurt as a matter of fact uh, that was a game where ingram trent and eddie lacy our first second and third running backs uh was all a question of who was going to be available. They were all hurt. But I, and I think Julio we went off that game.
1: game in 2010.
0: Mm-hmm. That may, that that sounds exactly right because so, yeah we were screwed at running back.
1: But Julio went off, had a great game and my son was starting to get a little uh weary eyed and I said hey look here's the deal. True it just have you know, like a nice sip of this five hour energy and let's see what happens. And um he was six. It says nobody under the age of forty-two should have it, but uh, you know, I thought, well, I'll sip. If you know, you sort of extrapolate here, and he had a tiny sip, and I, we could have used him at running back that night. I'll tell you that right now, he would have. There's no way it would have been a Forest Gump moment of all Forest Gump moments. Um, yeah, he, so I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore because about Tuesday week, he went to sleep.
0: <laughs> Are you so- peeing? No, I was pouring a drink. Water. Pouring some water.
1: Did, I mean in the microphone?
0: <laughs> it was near the microphone. Okay. Look, we're running there. out of time. I was, pouring, so I was pouring some water, of course. Let's let's get that's my story, and I'm sticking to
1: it. Let's get to this. If you were peeing, that was just you need to get checked out. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> who pees for a second and a half? Who? It was a second and a half. That Nobody should have those intermittent streams in a second and a half. It um, was a second and a
0: half, and it was over, and it ended, and I poured my water, and it's over. All right, Alabama, LSU, Jimmy, go. Yes. Uh, look, um, I've, I saw a comparison today of like scores. Uh, Alabama and LSU have played four or five opponents that are exactly the same, and LSU has like lost all of those games by double digits, and Alabama has won all of those games by like 100 points. If If you did the math, it, it, and that it, it looks like Alabama's going to win this game by fifty-five, and they might because I, I think Alabama's going to play mad. I think it's a good matchup for Alabama. LSU wasn't even sure all week who, the, which freshman quarterback they were going to play. This has all the makings of an Alabama that's just going to destroy LSU, and I'm sticking with it. But I'm going to say forty-nine to fourteen, but that's just because of my. Natural proclivity to be conservative. But I say we win in Baton Rouge, 49-14. to 14. And if I'm wrong, I could easily be wrong. Alabama could score more than 49. LSU could score less than 14. I think this is going to be an angry uh, blowout. And I think that LSU is, they're, they're a mess. And they're going to look like a mess Saturday night. I'm with you 100%. LSU has not
1: scored on Alabama in Baton Rouge since 2014. That is a pretty remarkable stat. I know that we don't play them in Baton Rouge every year, but it is still fun to say it's been six years since you've scored on us in your own house. That's that's crazy. I mean, because it's not like we're playing Vanderbilt or Alcorn State. We're playing a team that won the national championship last year. That's 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 just nuts. Um, But I'm going to go for the shutout again. I'm going to say 45 to nothing, and I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm not sure. I don't think it'll be worse. Here's my greatest fear: that because LSU is kind of out of everything, and they they they're sort of pissed. I mean, they've got a lot of things going wrong for them right now. Some guys are decommitting. Um, they they've got some opt outs. They just you know they just don't seem to have their heart in it. It's when you play teams like that. That they hurt you because they're not concentrating on the game um, itself either. It's it's not because I think they're necessarily out to get you. It's just there's a natural fluidity to the game, and if one team is not concentrating, not only does it mean that team could get their ass beat, but it also means you know they may go low when they naturally they don't go low, kind of thing, you know, um, for fear of a penalty or something like that. Um, I, again i don't I'm not trying to call LSU out and say they're going to do anything dirty. I don't believe that at all. I just feel like their head's not in the game right now, and it's sort of like um, being in in fast moving traffic with somebody who's driving while texting i mean they they can still drive, but uh you know it's, it's a little bit more dangerous so i'm I'm worried about that aspect, but overall, in terms of do I think LSU's going to give Alabama a game? I do not. And normally I, I pick – I'm like you. I have a natural proclivity to, uh, to be more conservative about this. I'm not conservative about this. I think Alabama's going to beat the dog fire out
0: of them. Yeah, and as much as I'm saying – and I, I bet you agree uh, – as, as much as I'm saying Alabama's going to destroy LSU in this game, and they're like, oh, of course they're saying that. They're Alabama homers. Yeah, yeah, we are. That's true. Uh, but I bet even if Alabama wins this game 66-3 to like they beat Kentucky – uh next week, I bet me and you are both here saying, now watch out against Arkansas. Exactly. Not because Arkansas is great. It's just the natural flow of things and who's fired up and who's not and how's the season going. I think this Alabama's playing its best football of the season. LSU's playing its worst football of the season. Alabama's fired up to win this game big. LSU's best player just quit. I mean, it's easy to pick an Alabama blowout here right now. One little, you know, minor thing I'll throw up, you know, here literally is, it's kind of like a big baseball game when Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers is pitching against Jacob DeGrom of the Mets, and you're like, these are the best two pitchers of the National League. This is gonna be zero to zero, and then the game ends up being fourteen to twelve. I mean, yep. I guess that's just sports. So if LSU makes this close, if this ends up being close, I'll say, well, I guess that's just sports. But this has every making of of an Alabama blowout here, and 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 I think we should—I don't know if "expect" is the right word, but 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 you look at all the ingredients, and this says Alabama blowout. Unless Ed Orgeron
1: found a way to take the essence of that five-hour energy I gave my son when he was six, and 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 make it more potent. Uh then I don't see any way that LSU stays with us this weekend. But he
0: may, doesn't he say he drinks like twelve Red Bulls a day? I wonder what that new uh twenty-eight-year-old girlfriend he's got says about his uh twelve Red Bulls a day. Maybe that's why she's maybe that's why she's into it. <laughs> oh no, that is that has nothing to do with why she's look, if Ed Orgeron
1: were Ed Orgeron, the uh <laughs> middle level accountant, that woman wouldn't <laughs> Wouldn't wouldn't slow down while he was crossing the
0: street. I mean, she just running slapped. Um anyway, all right. good luck with your accounting career, Edo. By but the way. wouldn't
1: that be first of all, that's a great picture. Like Ed Orgeron is your accountant. I believe you've got some deductions you ain't taking advantage of. Why aren't you taking advantage of these deductions? Don't you have some more dependency? <laughs> <laughs> By law 629.7C says you can claim <laughs> his dependents. Claim them. <laughs> I mean, everyone, Solid. the angry accountant, I love it. That's, that's got a sitcom written all over it. All right. Matt, Solid. So my computer just gave me a notice that says your Mac will sleep unless it's plugged in here in a minute, and we're running out of time, so it's a double whammy.
0: So Alabama, buy a million, roll tide. Roll tide.